everyone, welcome to a scientific edition of ARG Presents. It's about to get scientific up in here. Woo! I'm your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who's so low that he's not even from Ohio. I give you the Brent. It's true, I'm not from Ohio. Oh, he admits it. Unbelievable. <laughs> now, listen. I have a question, Aaron. Yes. Did you enjoy science in school? No. No, oh, really? In fact, the only class I ever failed my entire life, brother, uh, that, that didn't involve me not showing up, of course, you, is you, this is chemistry. high school stuff. Chemistry. Chem- really? Yeah. See, I, I, I enjoy science. Science yeah. and English was my two favorite subjects. Yes, I, I not my favorite. Uh, but we're going to get scientific here in just a moment. Woo! Uh, last week we spun the wheel, we made the deal. But before we get to that deal, that exciting deal with the Brent, Woo? we're going to do a little... Bam! Show rewind. <laughs> You'll recall last week, Brent, we did a show on a little item called the Benetone. Remember the Benetone? The Pong, the Cadillac of Pong machines. You know, we in our haste, in our excitement for the Benetone, we rolled right past some very well done uh, reviews on Discord. I want to get to a couple of these reviews, Brent, if I may. If you can spare a moment of your time, my friend. Well, uh, um, okay, let's go ahead. First review here like we got was from our good pal Mitsuyama, who writes the Benetone TV four was the first video game ever played. This would have been Christmas of seventy eight, I think. And we went to visit some friends of my parents who had two kids a little older than me that had gotten one for Christmas. It's a cliche now, but I remember being amazed that you could control images being displayed on the telly. I'm right there Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. However, once the novelty wears off, you are left with variations on Pong, all the non-potentious names like tennis and squash. The downside for me, as only as an only child, is that all the games except practice required a second player to play against, and therefore I never owned one myself. But this was where my love of video games started, and so I'll always fondly remember this system. Very, very touching one there, DeBrent. Ah, I like that. Our good friend Paul, aka Hermsky, writes. Well, it's not the most entertaining system to play, but how can you not bow your head in respect towards the machines that gave birth to the console? This was the world's first experience gaming from home at a remarkably cheap price. For Benetton, it was a complete gamble, bringing a new era to life to the masses. The system was best played competitively in two-player mode, but when you're on your own, practice squash mode was a little dull. I did try two-player mode a few times, holding a controller in each hand, which was a challenge in itself. Only you could pull that off, Paul. However, as I am left-handed, it was never going to be a fair game. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you credit on that. The warning message in the manual demonstrated the early worries of console and its dangers to TV sets. And I quote, After two hours of playing, please switch the game off and return to a random picture for at least ten minutes before finally switching off the TV set. It will help pr- prolong the life of your TV. Them were happy days. Isn't that nice? Uh, you know, uh, the, the, a sad truth is, if we could have gotten Paul together with Mitsuyama, they could have played each, with each other. That would have been nice. That's true. That's Lastly, true. Uh, we've got a, a review here from Pajako6502, who writes, It's easy to forget that for gamers, this is where we came from. Ooh, that's that's sort of... That sort of takes you back a little bit there. The games are as basic as they come. Variants of the same game and no computer player. However, 
you can be inventive and have some fun. Try playing two-player games against yourself. There's another person that did that. Or playing your non with your non-dominant hand. I still prefer classic original Pong-style game best. But these old Benetton-style consoles are only worth playing at an exhibition. If you're lucky enough to find a working one, it'll it'll get played for a couple hours, then gather dust on yourself. Five out of ten when compared to other similar consoles of the time. Interesting. I do want to mention that uh, we, it was quite a conversation about the old Benetton last week on the Discord, the brand, uh, including some people having pictures of it, pictures of the gun, pictures of the manual uh, that, 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 that came with it, including uh, talking about the price. The price of this thing was incredibly low. It was yeah. like, I think it was 10 pounds to pick this thing up. And someone even posted a little blurb that Benetton had put out that stated, listen, we know this thing is cheap, but we build quality products. We like to keep the prices down, but don't let the price fool you. This console's all man, which I like that. So we had a lot of fun with the Benetton, and it was a nice setup, the Brent, for what we spun for this week. Because it, as we it really forward was. here, uh, we are going to take a look at BAM. The Ohio Scientific Challenger, Brent. What did you know about this before you foolishly and naively put it on the wheel? Zero. I'd never heard of it before. I well, thought, wow, <laughs> this is a little computer, and I think we can emulate it. Yes. On the wheel it goes. <laughs> you're, the, the, the tireless research you do before making these wheel pieces is astounding. And you're clearly you're doing more research right now because we still have no new wheel pieces. So that, It's all part of my cunning plan. Is it? Well, well done. You're more of the Baldrick than the Black Adder, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, this week we are, in fact, looking at the Ohio Scientific Challenger. We're going to do a little uh, backstory here because uh, this re requires a little extra uh, intro here on the uh, Ohio Scientific uh, Challenger because it was made by a company that no longer exists and really didn't exist all that long as a computer maker. Yeah, they uh, sold pretty quick. Yeah, but it's still an interesting piece of history. Uh, we're going to look at this thing. Uh, of course, uh, uh, the Ohio Scientific Challenger came out of an outfit called uh, Ohio Scientific Instruments. Uh, and guess what? Out of Ohio, USA, they were founded in 1975. Uh, they ran uh, from 1975 to 1981. So they only ran for six years, Brent. They were but known... they didn't go under. They sold. <clears throat> that's right. We'll get and that's, that. that's very important. Yeah. Uh, so the, the company was formed by Mike, uh, Mike and Charity Cheeky. I like the names. Uh, they were uh, alumni uh, and uh, from a college in Ohio called Hiram College. All right, and so was all of their staff. Correct. They yes. only hired people from that college uh, alumni. Good idea. Uh, for, for, I mean, if you, you hire all your friends, and you, especially you can tell if they if they know what they're doing or not. So these guys started off uh, making a single board, like basically do it yourself kit computer. Yeah, uh, and it was that ended up being fairly popular. Uh, they, uh, they, this thing, the earliest computer they, they made, they, I think it, they, you can start buying these things in like, uh, early nine, uh, the early nine of 1976, there are a hundred bucks. Uh, there, you can see ads for them if you look around. Yeah. And you can also do a little extra, you can buy a little extra stuff for it to crank it up a little bit. Uh, the original, uh, board, uh, was, uh, had eight. National Semiconductor 2102 uh, S RAM chips for a total of a 1,024 bytes of RAM. Yeah. Uh, it also, if you look at this thing, there's not much to it. It's a bunch. It's a bank of LEDs. 
Uh, and, and it's uh, it's actually featured here at the beginning of this video. Uh, it's a bank of LEDs and switches. <clears throat> but this is the way a lot of these old computers were. They, there, there was not a whole lot of stuff to them. These were just kit computers to do various tasks uh, back in the day. So this ended up doing pretty well for these guys. And they were like, the heck with it. Let's go to work. And so they came up with a, a, a new computer design in 78. And they called it the Model 500, Brent. Now, the Model 500 is a little more advanced. Uh, it was a lot more advanced. Well, it was. But it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't still what I would call proper computer. Okay, uh, that's fair. And so they eventually got around to launching the Challenger series. Now... When we're going to get into all, the, well, we're going to get into three of the challenges. These guys released for only been around for like six years. They released a ton of computers yes. and, and boards. Uh, but we're going down a road here with Ohio Scientific that we went down once before with the NASCOM, if you'll recall. These computers would sell as a computer in a case, and it would also uh, they would also sell as just the board. And so you not only did you get the cases that they made, you got all kinds of crazy cases cases made out of real nice wood or or cases that are just bare board strapped to a, a, a two by four you know weird stuff like that you so you got all kinds of weird stuff uh, so the the cha the challenger cases are are magnificent yeah the the they're, they're the, the, the main cases oh my gosh i think they're they're perfect yeah, that is a computer that's yeah. so good so they originally released this thing called the the super board okay the super board was sort of the predecessor to the Challenger series. And that and basically, they were like, you know, we're releasing these boards. Why don't we just wrap them in a computer? And that's what they did. Now, the original Challenger, it looks sort of like a box. It's not that good. We'll look at it here in a little bit. Then you get the Challengers uh, 1P and 4P. And these look like proper computers, the keyboard. and, and Yes. You know, what they, you know what these things look like, the Brent, is they look a lot like, and I know you wouldn't know what this was, they look a lot like our original Intoxilizer, the Intoxilizer 5000 with the sides like that in the top. They, the, You take the sides off, then you can remove the top and have access to the guts of it. Uh, yes. But the, <laughs> it's a very simplistic design, but it's attractive. I'm sure they weigh a ton. Uh, oh, they, it, it's perfect. It's it's the put your monitor on top. I mean, it's got a flat place to put your monitor. It's just I functional, beautiful I love the look of these things. I absolutely love it. What they tried to do was they tried to play in the in the same market as Apple was playing. That's what they were they were after. Their Superboard Two, which was the least expensive computer around at the time, you could get a just the board, uh, which which came with Basic on board for two hundred and seventy nine bucks. That was a super good deal back Excellent in the day. Deal. Yeah. Now they ended up. They ended up getting a little more pricey as it went. I've got a little price list here, uh, if you can see it there. And they their prices were low, and that was sort of their angle. But still, they weren't mega low. And I'll give you an example. You believe it or not, you're gonna you're gonna love this. You could get a Challenger three, all right, with a hard drive. Okay, they were one of the first companies that was selling computers with hard drives. Absolutely, the largest hard drive available at that time was a 74-meg hard drive, megabyte. That's huge. Now, That's absolutely huge. How much do you think a computer with a 74-meg hard drive would cost? Thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. Wrong. Wrong. So very wrong. Try $13,000. <laughs> I didn't think that a company of this size could uh, uh, 
justify producing a computer of that of that uh price point. Yeah. Holy oh, yeah. cow. Yeah. It was a it was a Winchester hard drive that went into their Challenger 3, which was introduced in uh, August of 77. Oh, you're saying this is you, you're saying the hard drive actually came with the system. That's right. Although, it, oh, trust me, God. that money was all the hard drive. It wasn't the Yeah, system. yeah, okay, okay. So, here's the system you're looking at here for that money. It's a uh, thir- 53 kilobyte of static RAM. It had an 8-inch, 370K floppy disk in its dual floppy system. It, it had an optional 4-foot-high rack mount cabinet with wheels. That'd be kind of cool. And you got the hard drive. Now, thirteen grand is a lot of money. The least expensive version uh, of it, with no rack, no hard drive, nothing except for the computer, was four four large. Four large. So the rack and the hard drive were costing you about nine grand. Yeah. Back in the day. It was <laughs> it was big, big money, man. So uh the uh sad truth of it is is when the deal went down, these guys it were they were popular, but they looked at the field they were playing in because they had cranked out the challenge, the Challenger four uh, uh, P. They even had Challenger eight P. They had all these different. They had all these different computers, but they were looking at having to ramp up to a production scale that they weren't able to do to make m- themselves a player in the in the in the area of microcomputers of the time. Sure, because you had you had Apple out there that were doing their thing, and then you had several other players out there that were doing their thing, including you know, like your your Tandys and whatnot. And so these guys didn't thought they ultimately didn't think they had the the jack to do it. They're probably right, to be completely honest with you. You know, they probably just didn't have the, the the jack to play in that in that ball field. So by the end of uh, March of 1981, they were sold to an outfit called MACOM Incorporated out of Burlington, Massachusetts. Uh, they were still a collective. They were still sort of a unit there. They ultimately got sold a bunch of times. And it's funny, if you look at their history, they ended up being around for a long time, sort of, you know, just because they got juggled around. And what finally ended them, I mean, it, they were gone in 81. <clears throat> but what finally ended them was the fact that uh, they didn't have the money to pay a due loan, and they were gone, you know, but they were gone well before. So the company that owned them, folded so they're effectively right. gone but they you know i've heard uh quotes from the guy that owned uh the the outfit here uh mike cheeky and he he does mention he wishes they'd held on a little bit longer because they had such an, an excellent computer that he thinks they could have maybe played in the field if they'd gotten a little bit of backing he also mentions he knew a lot of players in the field back in those days and that he thinks he probably could have gotten the backing uh if he had tried a little harder but he just, at the time, you know, hindsight and whatnot, you can't, you know, what are you going to do? But Actually, uh, I did a little bit of research on Mike. I oh, couldn't really? find much uh, about his brother because um, they were, they were bro- uh, two brothers. Mike had led a very successful life. Unfortunately, he did die in uh, 2017. But uh, during his time on Earth, he was a... I don't want to say a con man, but he was <laughs> able to raise funds yeah. like like nobody else. Uh that ended up being his his uh claim to fame. He would start companies, right? Bring in all this equity 
and then sell the company. And he he had done this several times over. And it wasn't like the companies were crap. They they were real legitimate companies. But the man knew how to go out there and sell himself and sell his companies. Uh, his last big push uh, before his death was making plant-based fuel. And I don't know a whole lot about it, but apparently the science wasn't really there. But he was he was really pushing to get this stuff going. Uh, you have to remember back, especially the time this was going on, gas prices were, you know, four, four fifty here in the States, uh, and which is high, which, which is very high. Uh, and he was trying to look for alternative fuel sources. Dude's a genius. Like yeah. legitimate. Uh, I think I saw his IQ is somewhere in the 150 range. So yeah. he's a legit genius. There's not many of us up that high. Yeah, uh, but he that he from the beginning to the end, he was always working on something, coming up with ideas. Uh, it's incredible uh, what he was able to do. And really, his mark on computers and, and with the Ohio Scientific, very understated, very understated. This little box, uh, although it was obviously not as popular as a, a Commodore or a Vic Twenty or a, you know an Apple One that type of thing, it is very cherished in its community uh, for being a very comparable machine. And the thing was expandable out the wazoo. Yeah, if you look at the back of one of these uh, Challenger Fours, it's got ports, tons of ports. Yeah, cards you it, put in new cards, take out cards. It can handle floppies, cassettes. Uh, upgradable ram the thing was really more of what we see a computer today i mean sure you can expand a commodore you can expand a vic 20 and all that stuff but this little box was designed mm. to do this thing, sort of stuff they even had the foresight aaron to have to allow room for a second power supply inside the case yeah so you can run this thing on two power supplies now you probably didn't want to without extra cooling because the thing would get hot enough to use as a hot plate, yeah. but it could be done. Yeah. So I, the more I read and the more I figured I found out about these people, it's the, one of the oldest computers I can, I can think of. And I go, you know what? This is sort of what's happening in modern computers. You know, there are plenty of modern computers that will have a power supply just to run uh, a completely jacked up video card or, you know, sound cards and uh, different inputs and outputs all into a modern computer. That's what they were doing back in the day, really before anyone else was kind of doing it. Yeah. Uh, well said. Well said, man. You know, we decided there are so many of these Ohio scientific computers. We're going to focus on two mainly, but I have a little write up here on the first three challenges. because I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, the Challenger I mentioned <clears throat> came out in 77. Uh, this thing uh, uh, debuted at a price somewhere between $439 and $25.99. Again, this is a full computer, not just a kit. Yeah. Brent mentioned the expansion on these things. They had they had many different expansion options. Serial parallel tape, floppy drives, AD converters. Uh, you could get memory uh, expansions for them, graphics cards, whole nine yards. Sound. Yeah, they were even had sound, sound cards for them. Some, well, some came with sound out, out, right yeah. out of the box. Uh, this CPU in this thing was a 6502A or a 6800, depending on the model. 
and you can get up to 192 kilobytes. Not too bad on on the original. Incredible. One. Yeah, it was it was it was a pretty nice little unit. Uh, then we also are going to look at the Challenger One uh, P. All right, the One P uh, had a little bit of extra stuff on here. It had an optional floppy disk controller. It had this thing debuted at a at a reasonable price, about a three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, heck of a bargain. Uh, the Brent. This one was, of course, these early ones are monochrome. This one had a tape recorder jack in it. This had composite video, Brent, so you could hook it to a, to a composite monitor. But that's yep. nice. Uh, and this thing had Microsoft Basic built in, right? Again, yes. this is 79, a full stroke 53 key keyboard, 6502 processor running at one megahertz. You know, this sounds more like a modern machine uh, of, of the era. You and know what else these had, Aaron? What's that? And I bet you're not going to mention. That's why I want to throw it in real quick before we move on. Yeah. Uh, there were add ons to make your keyboard clicky. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I saw that. Like official add ons. It was I'm crazy. Okay. I'm okay with that. And then lastly, we looked at the at the four, the Challenger 4P. Now, get this, Brent. This blew me away. When the uh, Challenger 4P was launched, uh, it was twice as fast as an Apple II or Commodore PET and three times as fast as DRS-80. Yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, brother. That was straight out of Ohio. All right? Uh, this thing uh, was around in 81. or Excuse me. This came out in 79. And then, of course, this was one of the last ones they did before it went bye-bye. It's funny. I was looking uh, on a, a couple websites. They had some people that owned these things. They mentioned that one of the major flaws... And the design of the CP4 is that they put a reset key uh, directly beside the enter key. <laughs> yeah. Whoop! Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't do that. Not a good move. <laughs> Listen to this thing, though. So these things sold for around seven hundred bucks. Okay, the basic version. What'd you get for your money here? Eight K uh, ROM. You got basic in there. You got uh, RAM expandable at thirty two K. The of uh, static RAM audio interface. You could expand the total RAM up to 48K. It had a 5-inch floppy disk, a real-time clock, sound, the whole nine yards. It did color. It did a ton of stuff. This thing was a bad, was awesome. And there's an 8P. Now, we didn't look at the 8P, but they that was really right at, as they were leaving. So the 8P didn't have much of, of a value to it. So uh, clearly, when you're cranking it up and going past Apple and Tandy, uh, you've got something. And these guys and had something. And still keeping they the price legitimate. reasonable. Yeah. So, with all that said, sure, it's an interesting computer, but can it play? Can it play the games? Eh, it was, you know, yeah, a little bit. So we, this week, we sort of did gaming by committee on this one, and Brent thankfully found some games we could try out. Brent, I'm gonna. And, let and you... to be fair, we did play games on the Challenger One P. Yeah. So this was the very first of the Challenger line, uh, all monochrome, no sound. Uh, but we, you know, you got to start somewhere. I yeah. think this is really a piece we could revisit, did play some of the more the modern four, stuff. Did you look at any of the, like the uh, games like the 4P and beyond? They were I okay. Didn't. They didn't look yeah. that bad. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, saw, I didn't play any, I should yeah. say. So Brent, lead us off here. What are we looking at first? Okay, here's the very first thing you have to know about these computers. All right, go when ahead. When you boot them up, they boot to a garbage screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay? <laughs> it's weird. I, I, not what I think would be a good idea, but you boot to a garbage screen, so you have to hit break. And I think that, the Apple was like that back in the day. You had you had to hit like reset or something to very right when it booted up, as I recall. And, and that brings you up to a choice 
uh, and you make you can choose uh, uh, some different ways to start the system. C cold boots it, so it resets it, and now you're ready to go. Uh, well, it asks you how much RAM do you want to use, and ask you uh, what your screen width, how wide you want your, how many characters you want your width of your screen. Right. Uh, if you just hit enter twice, it does the maximum for all of it. You're good to go. Now's where you load up your programs. And these can load off of, you can type this stuff in because it does have basic. You can uh, load it off a cassette. You can load it off floppy. And it loads in a way I've never seen before. It doesn't hide what it's loading. It actually types it out uh, as it loads, right? So it's kind of interesting, although it is slow. Uh, Thankfully, through emulation, uh, these usually want, run at about one megahertz, just a little itty bit below it. Some of them ran just a little above it, but one megahertz is about where it, the average is. <clears throat> Through emulation, you can jack it up to run at eight, and and then the programs just fly in. So the text is just flying through the screen. So uh, the first game we took a look at is Star Wars, and Star Wars has you controlling the crosshairs of your. Uh, magnificent fighting machine and you see your target off into the distance it's flying around shooting lasers at you and you've got to line up your crosshairs onto the bad guy and and, and blow them out of the blow them away uh <laughs> the default keys for this is which is what i use because i don't think there's a way to change them i could change them one two three four five six yeah so you've got one two three four for up down left right Five stops your crosshairs and six fires. Uh, It is a complicated control scheme. Indeed. Uh, It it leaves much to be desired. Uh, And because of that, even after much, much effort, uh, I was unable to actually shoot down a ship. No, no. Uh, I couldn't either. Thank God. I felt like a doofus. Yeah. The the control for this something else that needs to be mentioned real quick, uh, programming wise, uh, this does not have a graphics mode. Uh, this is all done with pokes uh, for the programming inclined, uh, and it's all based on the character set, which is you. Of course, you've got your letters and numbers, but you only have like uh, twenty eight additional symbols, something like that. It's a very small set to pull from. Uh, this is by far the most graphical game we're going to look at today. Uh, <laughs> yes, this is the Cadillac. <laughs> Britt, the graphics on your ship are so good. You did, Unfortunately, you can't see it because you're in it, but I hear yeah, they're incredible. Well, well, no, I mean, it, it, may, it makes, up with that, makes up for it with the story part. It says, hey, you're in the cockpit. You are controlling the turret. Yeah. So all you see is your turret sights. It's like uh, in uh, Star Wars where Luke's in, in the Millennium Falcon's gun room. It's kind of like... That's right. Except, yeah. Except, yeah. Uh, yeah, not that realistic. So... But it's not bad. I mean, it's... We couldn't do... We couldn't even succeed once, but aside from that, it's great. <laughs> it, to start the game, it has you put in a random number, yeah. and I believe that randomizes where, your, where the enemy ship starts. Uh... It allows you to put in pretty much any number that you want. I mean, it's not like one, two, three, four. I put in six hundred sixty-six at one point, oh. and it was just like, "Yeah, fire it up! All right, here you go." Um, the controls are horrible. Uh, yeah. The motion 
for the controls is horrible. The ship is only one character in size, and your shot is only one character in size, which means you have to get absolutely dead on to make it work. Yeah. Uh, that is unfortunate. It would have been much better if the explosion was, say, nine, a square of nine. That would have made it at least reasonable. When you shoot, it runs through a bunch of characters that sort of simulates a laser blast where you're shooting, but, you know, it's doing what it can. Uh, the worst part about it is, though, uh, not only are the controls not intuitive, because your three key is right and your four key is left, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. backwards to what you would even comprehend them to be, uh, it's just kind of shoddy to move around the screen. Yeah. That I mean, said, I did play this for a stupid amount of time. Uh, <laughs> you were trying to get that ship, weren't you? I really, really <laughs> wanted to shoot down at least one guy, and I never yeah. I never pulled it off. Yeah, I know, man. I, I'm the same way. I couldn't get it either. Still, I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, it This reminds me of those old, you know, character, you know, Petsky or whatever games where you just, you, they, they went out and tried to do a game on something that was built to do God knows what. Surely not to play games. But I do like the ship looks okay. The the laser it shoots is kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, the enemy it ship diagonal sometimes pretty cool. The enemy ship can shoot in uh, eight directions, but it and while it does sort of shoot at your crosshairs, it doesn't seem that shooting the crosshairs is what actually blows you up. So I'm not exactly sure how it calculates the bad guys firing, um, because it, it doesn't look like you can dodge. I've had it kill me when it didn't shoot anywhere close to my targeting. Um, seems a little random. I, I don't know if it gives you X amount of time to shoot the ship. And it says it, it does keep a, a running score. So if you were able to shoot down a ship, it brings up another ship. Uh, but, of course, I never got that far in in my many, my dozens of minutes of trying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask you, because I know you got on uh, YouTube and looked around for a lot of... There's not a ton of games from the original couple uh, challengers, are there? I mean, the videos of them. I, I didn't come across a whole lot. No, uh, and, and it's kind of strange because, I mean, realistically, this should be able to run anything that is in basic. So... You would think there would be more stuff out there, maybe even if it wasn't designed specifically for the Challenger. <coughs> so, I don't know. I'm guessing that just a lot of people don't have these. Uh, and that, oh, oh and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. And, and, and there you go. With that. Like I said before, the 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 uh, player, the ownership of these are very dedicated. There's a lot of information out there uh, on the Challenger series especially. Those yeah. definitely seem to be the most popular. But it's still a very, very small segment of the population. Now, let's talk about this next game that you found for us, Brent. This is your straight-up old-school Othello. Yes. I don't know how to play Othello, so how did, how did I mean, I I screwed around with it, but what did you think of this thing as a... As a this is a two-player Othello game, basically. This is a two-player Othello game. Uh, you have your standard grid. It's an 8x8 eight eight grid. Uh, letters up one side of it, numbers across the bottom, and each player puts in their coordinates of where they want to place their piece. Uh, and then it flips, It uses X's and O's. So one player's X, one player's O. 
and as you put these in, uh, it automatically flips all the correct pieces. Uh, in Othello, you you want to have the most pieces of your type on the board at the end. That's pretty much it. Uh, when you put something on one side of it, it flips everything in between that connects to your color. Or well, Normally, it's black and white, but this would be X and O. Yeah. This, of course, I couldn't play it competitively. Aaron doesn't know how, and I didn't have anyone else here. But it plays perfectly fine. This is exactly the type of game that excels on this. It's fast. If you put in wrong coordinates, it doesn't go through all this, oh, you're an idiot, you know, you can't do that kind of spiel. (laughs) It just clears it off. It thinks, well, you probably typed this in wrong and lets you type it in again. It doesn't assume that if you're using the Ohio Scientific Challenger, you're you know, you're not an idiot. You just made a typo. This is my computer sure. would not make this assumption. It'd be like, you idiot, wrong. <laughs> well, you know, error screens are so overrated for this kind of thing. I mean, honestly, this is completely legitimate. Uh, it doesn't need to tell you it's wrong. It just, you know, nothing. It just lets you type it in again. Uh, I played a full game by myself, which is kind of stupid because it's Othello. And do? then I played a partial <laughs> other game trying to break it Uh, i was trying to do complicated diagonals or having it flip you know seven eight nine pieces at a time to see if it would slow down or crash or anything like that it handled it all like a champ so it was if you're going to sit down with a buddy and play this perfectly way perfectly legit way of doing it well if you're gonna sit down with a buddy and play this you don't like your friend that much. Oh no, no! <laughs> this is what? this is Aaron. Hey, this is a game idea. as old Let's as play time. Some Ohio Scientific Challenger Othello. Let's get in there. You know what I think about? Just in the seventies, Aaron. Well, not today. If you'll indulge me for a minute, what I like about stuff like you know, here we are. It's twenty twenty one as we record this to Brent, and we're looking at an Othello game that some guy at Bite Magazine or something probably put in the back as an afterthought for a machine. That was that debuted back in '77. Can you imagine that some guy that wrote Othello for the Challenger would think that a couple dipsticks would be talking about his Othello game in 2021? It's it's mind-boggling. The fact that we can even play these games is ludicrous. And this hey, this is what this show is all about, it's just, baby. It's, it's it's crazy to think about. I mean, this thing's from '77. For God's sake, look at the Challenger up there. It's a box. <laughs> a box. My computer's a box. My computer's a box. <laughs> anyway, yeah, not, not much to be said about Othello, is there, Brent? I mean, it's Othello. Oh but yeah, it is. It looks so we, it's playable. You know, if you know how to play. I I, I never got into Othello myself, uh, but uh, you know, people people play it so. Let's talk about this third game, Brent. Not a lot, not as much footage for this last game. What do we got here? Uh, the, the last game I we made footage for uh, was Hang Woman because <laughs> you're always hanging men, but you're never hanging woman women. Darn it! You and know, we're and, gonna justify that today. They were ahead of the game in the seventies with this game because this is definitely not a sexist game. It's equal. Anyone can be hung, and and <laughs> That's right. this time around we're hanging a woman. This is standard uh, fare as well, isn't it? This is pretty much your standard fare, with the exception of the way they spice this up is th- unlike Othello, where y- you want to just get in there and do your thing, right? This game, 
it actually kind of makes it fun. It has it has some uh, humor to it. Uh, I'm seriously. I know. I, I there are don't... times when you guess a letter and it's like, nope, it's not in there. And it pauses for a second and goes, oh, okay, maybe it is. And it will pop your letter in there. Uh, so it, it takes a little bit of a, the standard game, adds a little bit of humor to it. The Hanging Woman uh, is well drawn for the character set that they have. Uh, I believe if we if we watch the entire video, I, I do eventually get her completely uh, hung out to dry there. You because get, you're dumb. No, no, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, it looks like... I played it several times. It looks like the first word is always the same, but words after that are different. I was wondering about that myself. Because I, I watched I, your video after playing it, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> it's the same thing I got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first word's the same. All the other words afterwards seem different. I don't know how many words there are. I think I played six rounds in total uh, with one restart, which means I, I had going uh, twice, yeah. which means I saw, you know, five words in total. I don't know how big the dictionary is on it. Yeah, Aaron, if you could speed up that footage just a little bit. Yeah, we'll get there. To, to get her to the complete position, mm -hmm. I want to point out one other thing. One ugly bride. Uh, that they got. <laughs> a... I like that she she uh, she uh has a flat top haircut. I, yeah. I kind of dig that. That's Well, I mean, maybe the woman is hanging a dude. But it does say <laughs> she's got this and she's got that. So Yeah, no, no, no. You're definitely hanging a woman. Good for them. Well, Although it is kind of strange. Uh, of course, you you build her head, her arms, and her hands, and her legs, and then right before she's completely hung out to dry, you put clothes on her, which I don't know what that implies otherwise. But <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> this this you know is it wrong that I played this ten times more than I played the other ones? <laughs> I don't know what this. Is. Listen, it's a, I've never read into a, a Hangman game I didn't like, so that's another one. I, and I did the same thing you did. I screwed around and just to see what would happen, and it was. Oh it, yeah, because it, it it has different comments depending on what you put in. I think there's probably you know, uh, ten unique phrases that it says throughout the thing. But as when you hang her, uh, if you're watching the video footage at home, you'll see it here in just a moment. She actually kicks her legs back and forth as she hangs in in agony and the, i don't think the program ever ends so you just kind of uh you just kind of have to watch her hang there forever there <laughs> you know this is the first game ever that should have gotten a mature rating right here you're, hang, <laughs> you're hanging a woman and then you watch her you watch her swing as after she's dead but uh, these games of course are all not only are they, are they basic, they were in basic. So they're basic yes. games. But, I mean, you got to think, there were, it's not like anybody was dealing games to the Ohio Scientific Challenger in 77. So you're going to get some of these kind of older-type uh, basic games. But they were, it was interesting. Uh, overall, I found this whole system and the whole company to be kind of a, an interesting dive of the Brent. Uh, yeah, I'll be one other program you. I do want to mention, Aaron, just yeah. real quick. Uh, I also played a, a poker program. Yeah. And the poker program was remarkable for what it was. The The cards all were suited properly. It was snappy. 
uh, I played, I don't know, probably 50 hands. Uh, the computer player, you because you play against one other person, seems to fold and raise their bets based off the actual power of the hand and based off of kind of how you're betting. So the AI for it, now it could all be just a coincidence, but the the AI for it seemed really advanced for mm -hmm. a poker game back in the 70s. I really enjoyed playing it. Uh, I really enjoyed playing all the games uh, that I played. Star Wars was definitely the worst, just because yeah. it was so hard to control. Well, it was also the most ambitious, to be fair. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, so it, I'll give it credit. Later into the Challenger's lifespan, uh, when they did get color, when they did get sound, there were, I don't want to say proper games, because these were proper games, but there were more uh, what you would think to find on a computer. Of course, it was also pushed into the 80s. So, but you know what? I personally, you can play all these games online, in an emulator, Easily. check them out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun to go back. I always like shows, Aaron, when we go way back because yeah. I would have been one at the time yeah. the Challenger One uh, uh, P was released, so I couldn't experience these things during that time frame. Yeah, I, I, I love going back and looking at this stuff. Now you're not going to spend hours and hours, but give it a half an hour play remember how things used to be it's all good it's all good i yeah. really enjoyed it it puts things in perspective a little bit too and so you know what you're playing now i'll tell you like i said this reminds me a lot of the nascom uh, episode we did absolutely and the funny thing is I, we just got comments on that yesterday about people that it's funny people if you read the comments under that video there were people that had the nascom and they found it and they talk about their experience with it and what you know what their version looked like uh, and the same thing with the Toad episode. We've gotten some people talked about the different colors they had, whatnot, and how much fun they were. So it's neat. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this one myself. And heck, uh, I can see a future episode where we come back to and play the more advanced color. Absolutely, version. yeah. Go next next time we get this on the wheel when it pops up in a retro rewind. Yeah, if it comes up. Challenger four all the way. Yeah, and I will say I would do something I rarely do. I'm going to the person that selected this. Now, granted, it was a. a a, a selection made by a drunken moron in the middle of the night. But it was you, the Brent, and you actually did a good job. Let's see. Uh, now we'll see the next round of wheel pieces, if you if you come up with another winner. Speaking of it, let's go to it, Brent. You know what it's time for. It's the wheel, oh. brother. All right. Now, this week, now listen, for you folks in chat, we're going to need you guys to pay close attention because it's double chat action this week. We've got two chat choice. Whenever we run out of pieces, that means the chat gets hit on the action. We've got chat choice and chat subject choice on here in the branch. And we've also <laughs> added, we've added the Game Gears, our Retro Rewind piece. Are you ready, the Brent? Absolutely. Fired up. Here we go. Any particular one you'd like to see on here, the Brent? I want to see the chat. All right. Give oh, us some, gonna, some oh, good man, action. You know, they always, we always get screwed by the chat. So here we That's go. That's true. <laughs> You didn't like my wheel dance last week. And the winner is almost got the chat. Let's see what we got here, the Brent. We've got different ports, same system, the Brent. Different ports, same system. What do you think about that? Who was that piece suggested by? Our own Pajaco6502. Different Excellent. ports. So wow. what, we're, what we're saying Brock is... Brock nailed it. Brock in chat said, "That's what we're gonna spin," and he and that's exactly You're what came me. up. Brock, what is it? Are you nuts? He did say it. I'll be darned. 
How did he know? I'm serious. <laughs> this isn't a fix. Listen, this is an interesting piece to Brent because it will be games that were done twice on the same system. Yes. So effectively, we're going to be looking at two games each next week, uh, well, more or less. The same yeah. game, you know, so that's different ports, same system. Now, you're, that's going to require a little bit of research. Absolutely. I will tell you that the that the uh, uh, the C64 has this happen a bunch of times. I also will say this. Are we going to accept clones as poor as uh, for this as well? So, like, for example... Uh, the Coco has Buzzard Bait, and they also have Pegasus, for example. Could you do something like no, that? No, 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 no. That's they, they not. Have, they have to be official releases. Okay. Yes. So sort of make sure that we had our ducks in a row on that one. So that will be different ports, same system. Um, listen, I want to discuss a quick bit of news before we take this thing to the house, Brent. I know you've got something to say as well. Um, uh, this uh, this coming Saturday, this is September eighteenth, twenty twenty one. It's all going to go down, Brent, at the International Computer Club. Uh, we're going to have another meeting of the ICC. It will take place again next Saturday, September 18th, 2021, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. we got a full lineup of presenters here. They're ready to show their wares, to talk about their expertise, to show off their awesomeness. It'll be a good time. We're going to run this thing on the Discord this this time around, so if you want to actually be a part of the of the uh of the festivities uh, and show up there in the video, you can get in Discord. We'll have a room set up for you. And if you want to watch this, uh, you can get on Twitch. It'll be on our Twitch channel. Again, we'll be kicking it off at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next Saturday, the 18th. Brent, what do you got? Uh, new supporter video this week. Uh, hope everyone enjoys it. If you want to be in the supporter video, have your name called out, please head over to ARG Presents on Patreon. That'd be patreon.com slash ARG Presents. Uh, we love our supporters. We are coming up, Aaron, uh, just one month away, and we will have been running our Patreon officially for one year. Oh, very good. So our Patreon one-year anniversary is right around the corner. Who uh, of course, we have some supporters still from Anchor.fm. Uh, we... Obviously, we love them, too. It's all a big ARG family. Yeah. Listen, so. you, can just, you can just send a check. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Checks in the mail. And, we, we do appreciate you guys uh, for helping us out. My good... lovely new uh, mic boom, which you cannot see because yeah. it's uh, cropped out by the, by the background, uh, was totally funded from listeners just like you. Plus the exotic location you're at right there in that alley. Do you know where the, my background is, Aaron? I think you're at the uh, world headquarters for the for the Challenger there, the Ohio. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. It is a modern day photo, but I am on the street where the uh, OSI was constructed and conceived. It almost brings a tear to a glass eye, the Brent. Let's take this thing to the house. We'll see you guys next week for different ports, same system. Until then, get out to Ohio and get scientific today. Don't do that. Yeah, you're right. Don't go there. <laughs> oh, thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to say a special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector style graphic and BarkBit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. 
just like these fine folks. C9 K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retro Algae, James Shackle, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, Orom, Super Tech Boy, Dave Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Graham, W, Betkey, Dave Velociraptor, Bernhard Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Flack, O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo Vanell, The Slow Norris, John Schaller, Terry Heather, oh, Terry Howard, All of Hope, and Rollo! Supporters get access to the Discord channel and their names caught out in the credits. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can leave us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Send it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT. We hope to see you there.